once again, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And every day, Monday through Friday, we're talking Penn State football. It's been a fun season so far to be talking about this team, and I'm so happy to get started with another week with you guys right here on the podcast. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. I'm a contributor to AthlonSports.com and NBCSports.com's College Football Talk. And in today's episode, we are going to be discussing Penn State's latest win against the Michigan State Spartans from over the weekend. And of course, we'll take a look around the rest of the Big Ten. But before we get into all that, I want to make sure you guys are staying up to date with all of our episodes as we put them out on a daily basis. Even during the bye week, we will have shows for you every day of the week this week, Monday through Friday. And the best way to stay on top of that is by subscribing in your favorite podcasting platform, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, you name it, you can subscribe to our podcast there and make sure you get every episode as soon as they are made available to you on a daily basis. And we do post these shows usually around midnight Eastern, so they are there for you all day long. You can also leave a rating and a review in the various podcasting apps. It does help with the placement of the show in those various podcasting platforms. And of course, we just appreciate the feedback. And I'm always happy to see when a review is coming in, letting us know how we're doing. Hopefully, we can get some more of those this week during the bye week. Help spread the word a little bit. And of course, you can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnNittany and hop on over to Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. Give us a like there. Share this show. Share these updates with your friends and family and invite them into joining our little community that we continue to build as the Penn State season rolls along. In today's episode, in our first segment, we will take a look at that Penn State victory against the Michigan State Spartans from over the weekend, a good 28-7 win for the Nittany Lions. In the second segment, we'll do our Big Ten Roundup. And in our third and final segment, we'll take a look at some of the other action that happened around the country, see how it all affects Penn State in the grand picture of things. And the college football playoff rankings are coming very soon, so we'll take an early look to see where Penn State's going to fit into the playoff conversation beginning next week. Loaded show for you today. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get started on the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast. Back in the summer and leading up to the start of the 2019 season, when you looked at Penn State's schedule, this three-game stretch with a road game at Iowa, a home game against Michigan, and another road game against Michigan State certainly looked like it was going to be the biggest test for Penn State to this point in the season. And make no mistake about it, it really was. But if I had told you before the season started that Penn State was going to go 2-1 and one in that three-game stretch, you probably would have been okay with that. You probably would have said, all right, well, that probably puts Penn State in a pretty decent spot to play in a good bowl game at the end of the year and you know, probably still keeps them at least in the running for the Big Ten East Division Championship. Well, guess what? They went 3-0 following their 28-7 victory over Michigan State. And we're going to have some fun discussing about where Penn State exactly is in the Big Ten picture, the college football playoff picture, uh, later in this episode and again in tomorrow. But here's where Penn State is right now. 28-7 victory over Michigan State. It was another really solid performance by this defense. And the offense may not have had the biggest game of their careers or their season, but it was certainly more effective than it needed to be with 28 points against a 
a Michigan State team that I thought was going to play with their backs against the wall, and they didn't quite come out on fire the way that I anticipated. And I think it was real key for Penn State to shut things down early on defensively to make sure that Michigan State didn't get any extra energy and extra adrenaline coming out of their bye week following two bad losses against Ohio State and Wisconsin. So you got to give credit to this, uh, this Penn State defense for slamming the door shut early and making sure that the, the tone of this game was going to be controlled by them. Now, offensively, it wasn't the, the prettiest of performances, but Sean Clifford and Pat Freermuth once again hooking up as a major connection three times for touchdowns, including the first quarter. Getting that first score in that game, in that environment, was absolutely key for Penn State. Obviously, like we said, we wanted to see if Penn State could get off to an early start, maybe get an early lead. Well, they did that, and then they never had to look back because they never trailed in this game. They were never tied in this game. Penn State jumped out to a 21-0 lead before halftime, and just like last week, they jumped out to a 21-0 lead, but I guess the question was, are they going to be able to keep Michigan State from coming back the way that Michigan did. Now, obviously, Michigan is uh, playing a little bit better offensively than Michigan State. As rough as Michigan's offense was for most of the season, they seem to have come alive the last six quarters, if you haven't noticed. Uh, we'll talk about that in the next segment. But Michigan State just doesn't have uh, what it takes physically, offensively, to make that kind of a comeback. So that was a real positive, I think, for Penn State. A week after nearly blowing a 21-point lead against the Wolverines, they're on the road against a team that has had their number the last couple of years. And you felt like once Michigan State maybe started making some passes with Brian Lewerke, uh, making some connections there, maybe the Spartans were going to be able to cause a little bit of a problem. Now, they scored a touchdown. They did cut it to, I think it was 21-7 to at that point. But there was still a long way for that Michigan State offense to go. They really had to, to bail it out just to get that one score. And it just didn't feel like this Michigan State offense had what it took that uh, Michigan did a week ago. So Penn State's defense certainly rose to the occasion by not allowing Michigan State to get any of that confidence. So big game from that Penn State defense once again. It continues to be one of the better defenses in the country. It really is. Uh, and they are going out and they are taking care of their business. So they obviously still have some hurdles still to come in the coming uh, month of the final month of the regular season. But this Penn State defense is absolutely where it needs to be right now. Now, offensively, there's still probably some work to be done. Obviously, we know that there were some injuries, Noah Kane among them, but it doesn't sound like those injuries, according to James Franklin, are going to linger and cause any potential issues for their next game. Good news is they will get a bye week, so they get a little extra time to rest up and heal up and get ready for their next game. Once again, Penn State went with a little bit of a running back by committee, and that was almost out of necessity. Journey Brown was the, the main guy getting the bulk of the carries, but Noah Kane uh, had to miss some playing time. It looks like he got banged up a little bit as well. James Franklin, after the game, suggested that he should be fine. It was just kind of a precaution. And you know what? In those kind of weather conditions, I'm perfectly fine with that because the last thing you want to do is put anybody out there and risk any further potential injury when the weather is just horrible. I mean, it was, a, it was a game where you figured that running the football was going to be the key, and the good news is Penn State's got a good stable of running backs. Nobody had a, a real breakout performance or anything like that, but everything worked well enough between the running backs that got their opportunities to make some plays. So, And it's a good defensive team, too. Let's not forget that. Let's not uh, overlook the fact that Michigan State's defense is still pretty solid, uh, even though they're struggling in other areas. 
And you know what? One of the big takeaways is every asset of this Penn State team had their moments. The defense was certainly on its game from start to finish. The offense may have had some struggles, but four touchdowns from your quarterback, three of them to your tight end. That's good news. And the special teams had their moments too. Shaka Tony blocking a field goal off of his uh, helmet at one point. Uh, the, the muffed punt by Michigan State quickly pounced on by Penn State, setting up a quick touchdown. So offense had their moments. Special teams had their moments. Defense had their moments. And that's a big reason why Penn State comes out of this with a 21-point victory on the road against a team that has had their number the last couple of years. There were no miracles to be had for Michigan State this time around. Penn State just went out and was the better team from start to finish. Coming up in our next segment, we're going to take a look around the rest of the Big Ten because Ohio State continues to exhibit its dominance over the competition. Michigan followed up their strong second half performance against Penn State with a big win against the Fighting Irish. It was a good weekend for Big Ten football. A lot of good defensive performances. We're going to talk about it in the next segment. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy, though. Usually, we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com locked and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. So again, just go to GetRoman.com locked to get a free online visit with free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com locked for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash locked. All right, time now to take a look around the rest of the Big Ten and see what went down in week nine of the college football season. And it was a pretty big weekend for Big Ten football developments. And we're going to start right with the big noon Saturday game between Ohio State and Wisconsin. This game did lose a little bit of luster after Wisconsin was upset on the road by Illinois last week. But this was still a matchup that Wisconsin absolutely needed to have. And of course, you still had two top 15 teams going at it. And with Wisconsin losing last week, maybe they come out with a little bit of an extra motivation to get back on track and make a big statement for themselves. Well, there were no statements to be made by Wisconsin. Ohio State just completely took care of this game in the second half. It was a sloppy, rainy game, as was a recurring theme throughout most of the Big Ten this weekend, if you haven't noticed. So it took a little while for any points to be scored in the game. It took, I think, midway through the second quarter until Ohio State finally put a field goal on the, on the scoreboard. Wisconsin's defense hung tough for a quarter and a half. And then uh, the late touchdown just before halftime from Justin Fields throwing his touchdown pass to, I think, Chris Olave at the time. Gave Ohio State a 10-0 lead going into halftime. And then in the second half, even though there was an early moment where it looked like Wisconsin was going to hang around because they blocked a, a Ohio State punt to start the half, and then they were able to capitalize on that with a touchdown. Made the game Ohio State 10, Wisconsin 7 at that point, but it was all Buckeyes from there. Ohio State scores 28 unanswered points for a 38-7 victory. And say what you will about Justin Fields being a Heisman Trophy candidate, I don't think that that should be backed away at all. But the best player on that team may not even be playing offense. And this is a game that where J.K. Dobbins ran for 163 yards and two touchdowns, clearly asserting himself as the best running back in the Big Ten. Say, Sorry, Jonathan Taylor, I think your time has passed. 
But uh, the best player in the Big Ten may even be on the defensive line with Chase Young, who is just a monster all game long, made life miserable for Wisconsin. And he is a he is a beast. He really is very difficult to contain. You look at some of the highlights. I mean, he's in the backfield creating a pressure on the quarterback, and then all of a sudden the pass is dumped off, and he's chasing down the receiver. That guy is just unbelievable. Very much looking forward to seeing how Penn State will handle him later on in the season. But uh, Ohio State can just continues to roll. They are a well-oiled machine at this point. Offensively, even if they get off to a slow start, once they get going, it's it's very difficult to slow them down. And defensively, they just continue to exhibit their dominance and their physical skill uh, advantages that they have over just about everybody they play. So Ohio State moves to 8-0. Uh, they're certainly going to be staying in the top three in the polls for sure. And there's no reason to knock them down at all, especially since they're playing some of the best football out in the country right now. Wisconsin, otherwise, is going to fall two games back in the Big Ten East, and that's because of the Minnesota won another game. We're going to talk about Minnesota in just a second. But uh, that was a bad loss for Wisconsin because now it makes the chances that they play for a division title a lot more difficult to come by. Not impossible, but they are going to need some help, and they're going to have to not have another letdown the rest of the season. Not to say that losing to Ohio State is uh, considered a letdown, but Wisconsin needs to turn it up a little bit coming down the stretch here because they have they have a lot to play for still, but <laughs> that, that may result in a rematch with Ohio State. But anyway, we'll we'll move on. Let's fast forward to the prime time game with the Penn State's opponent from last week, the Michigan Wolverines. I think a lot of people saw some positive things out of Michigan in their losing effort at Penn State last week. Well, they certainly carried that over into their big home game against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Number eight, Notre Dame. They won't be number eight anymore. Michigan just blasts Notre Dame 45 to 14. 21 of those points coming in the fourth quarter to bury the Irish, put that game away, put it well out of reach, and it was already pretty much out of reach at that point. Michigan led 17-0 at halftime, 24-7 going into the fourth quarter. And uh, that Michigan defense played as well as they have had all season long, with the exception of the Wisconsin game and the first maybe quarter and a half against Penn State. You know, the last six quarters that Michigan has played, they have been dominant. 45 points against the Irish. They scored 21 points against Penn State. That's 66 points and a 66 to, I believe, a 21-point run since falling behind 21-0 against Penn State. So Michigan now looks like they are the Michigan that a lot of people expected them to be. And I guess that's good news if you're a Penn State fan because they're very likely not going to catch Penn State in the standings unless Penn State stumbles a couple times. But having Michigan play like this the rest of the season could bode well for Penn State. But we'll talk about that more when we get into the playoff rankings and all that good stuff. But the, a strong Michigan team the rest of the season in the month of November, that, that's a good sign if you're a Penn State fan looking at strength of schedule. Same is true for the Iowa Hawkeyes, number 20 Iowa, going on the road and taking care of Northwestern. Everybody seems to be picking on Northwestern this year, uh, deservedly so, because they are beat up. But Iowa going on the road uh, had no real problems there. A 20-0 victory. Again, another win by a former Penn State opponent, a recent Penn State opponent. will certainly keep them in the top 20. And again, that's another top 20 team in that uh, on the schedule that Penn State has beaten. So just keep those things in mind as we move forward because things like that will become important at some point uh, very soon as we start talking about the college football playoff rankings. But yeah, a good win for Iowa. They're now 6-2, 3-2 in the Big Ten. Iowa still has a shot. At the Big Ten Championship, 
West Division as well. So Iowa, Wisconsin, they're all in the thick of things. But right now, everybody's chasing that Minnesota team. Yes, Minnesota. Let's talk about Minnesota. And obviously, we'll spend a lot of next week on Minnesota as Penn State gets ready for that game. Um, not so much this week since Penn State's on the bye. But Minnesota just put a pounding on Maryland. And this was a no contest from the start. 14-0 after the first quarter. 28-3 at halftime. 38 to 3 going into the fourth quarter and then just burying Maryland a little bit more with a 52 to 10 victory over the Terrapins. Guys, this Minnesota team's pretty darn good. And Penn State's going to be in for a dogfight, I think, next week, or I guess technically two weeks from now, when they go out to Minnesota for a matchup of two 8 0 teams. Minnesota's now 8 0 for the first time since 1941. Um, this Minnesota team just continues to look better and better by the week. Say what you will about the strength of schedule. They haven't exactly been challenged the way that a lot of teams have at this point. But this Minnesota team is gaining confidence. And offensively, they are a joy to watch. They really are a pretty fun team to watch. Now, how do they stack up against Penn State? We'll talk about it more next week. I do think that uh, Minnesota is about to hit their toughest part of their schedule with three ranked teams on their schedule in November, including Penn State. Iowa and Wisconsin. So we're going to find out very soon if Minnesota is for real. But here's the thing. Minnesota is two games up in the Big Ten West division as we stand here right now. They can afford to lose to Penn State. If they beat Iowa, they're going to be in real good shape here. Minnesota playing for the Big Ten championship is a very real possibility at this point because Iowa has lost twice in conference play. Wisconsin's lost twice in conference play. Minnesota's going into the month of November with breathing room in the Big Ten West division. So, wow. That is something I was not anticipating to see. We'll see if they can finish the deal in November. But this Minnesota team has been fun to watch. They're number 17. They'll climb up at least a spot or two uh, in the updated rankings, which are going to come out after I'm recording this. So we'll see where they are. Uh, go check the rankings at this point, see where Minnesota is. But this Minnesota team's pretty fun team, guys. They're a pretty fun team. Elsewhere in the Big Ten, the Indiana Hoosiers are officially going bowling following their 38-31 victory against Nebraska on the road in Lincoln with Nebraska wearing those black jerseys. Uh, I think if when you wear the black jerseys, you can't give up 38 points at home and lose to Indiana. But that was what happened with Nebraska. Now Nebraska is going to need two wins just to get the bowl eligibility. At the risk of missing the postseason for the third time, the third consecutive year for the first time in decades, and I mean decades i think you have to go way back to find the last time nebraska wasn't in a bowl game in three consecutive seasons it's a little bit in jeopardy right now i still think they get there but indiana is going bowling they've clinched bowl eligibility before the month of november that's a good spot for the hoosers to be in and here's another thing to keep in mind indiana could very well be ranked by the time they come to penn state in november just just tuck that one away that that might be a higher quality win than a lot of people anticipated Illinois is now two wins away from bowl eligibility. I've talked a little bit about Illinois and the possibility of going to a bowl game. It is very real after a 24-6 road victory at Purdue. Still have a couple games that I anticipate they do lose, but the schedule is there for Illinois to take advantage of. They're going to get a chance to go to a bowl game. Winning that Purdue game was kind of their swing game. They got it. So Illinois is now on the verge of, of a potential bowl berth for Lovey Smith. That'd be good to see. And, of course, Rutgers was an eight-point home underdog to Liberty, a team that is in its second year as an FBS program. A lot of people were making fun of it this week. But Rutgers gets the win, 44-34. to uh, Big third quarter was the, 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 
the quarter that swung the game in their favor, outscoring Liberty 17-3 in the third quarter. It was a tied game at 21 going into halftime, so Rutgers certainly came out with a charge in the third quarter, took advantage of some plays, and uh, pulled away for a 10-point victory against Liberty. It's their second win of the year. It'll probably be their last. All right, coming up in our final segment of today's show, we're going to skip the mailbag. We're going to do a heavy mailbag episode, uh, I believe, tomorrow on this podcast. But we will take an early look at the college football playoff picture because we're going to get our first batch of rankings next week. So I'll give you an idea of where I think Penn State's probably going to fall into the playoff conversation. It might be a little bit more positive than a lot of people are going to give it credit for. Locked On Nittany Lions podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Locked On Nittany and hop on over to Facebook.com slash Locked On Nittany and give us a like there. So we've taken a look at Penn State's win against Michigan State. We took a look around the Big Ten. So what else happened around the world of college football in Week 9? Well, teams like Alabama and Clemson certainly had no problem handling their opponents. LSU managed to still be awesome with a win against Auburn. And the Big 12 had a bad weekend. It starts with number 5 Oklahoma taking a loss on the road against Kansas State. It's their first loss of the season for Oklahoma. And they were buried by Kansas State at one point, but they did have a furious comeback. And if not for an illegal touch on an onside kick attempt towards the end of the game, maybe Oklahoma goes on to tie the game, maybe even potentially win it. As it stands, Jalen Hurts had a great day in the box score, but Oklahoma coming up short uh, gives them the first loss, and now there is one undefeated team left in the Big 12, and that's Baylor Bears. Oklahoma is still probably the prohibitive favorite in the Big 12 as the season rolls along, uh, but I do think that Oklahoma's loss kind of changes some of the conversations with regard to the college football playoff. Uh, obviously, we still have a lot of football still to be played to determine these things, but Oklahoma is still probably going to go on and win the Big 12, but maybe... Maybe the Big 12 is going to be left out here. This is going to be an interesting conversation moving forward. It was a bad weekend for the Big 12 because in addition to Oklahoma losing, uh, ranked Texas team lost on the road at TCU, and Iowa State lost at home to Oklahoma State. So all three ranked teams in action for the Big 12 this weekend taking a loss. It was a good week for Baylor to be off as Baylor remains the only undefeated team in the conference, and odds are they're probably not going to end the season undefeated. But we'll see what happens. So it was a rough weekend around the Big 12. Um, the big uh, game of the weekend, of course, was LSU's win against Auburn. I don't think that anyone was too surprised by that. It was actually a good effort by Auburn, uh, putting up a good fight. But Auburn takes their second loss of the year. They'll fall out of the top 10. But that's still an Auburn team that's going to get a home game against Georgia and a home game against Alabama. So I would definitely still keep an eye on them because they're still going to be a player in how this college football playoff picture shapes up in the month of November. But as far as LSU is concerned, uh, LSU just racks up some good quality wins. And the way that they're playing right now is very impressive. Joe Burrow with another 321 passing yards. Only one touchdown, but only needed the one touchdown on the, uh, through the air. So Joe Burrow continues to look like a legitimate Heisman Trophy candidate. And he continues to be a big reason why LSU is having a lot of success as they are. A uh, big game in the Pac-12, uh, well, not a really big game, but the big uh, news out of the Pac-12 was Oregon winning, well, a game-winning field goal at the end of the game against Washington State late Friday or late Saturday night if you stayed up to watch it. Uh, so they, they will probably move into the top 10 by the time you hear this. We'll see where they are, but they were number 11 coming out of the weekend, coming into the weekend. And right behind them at Utah, uh, number 12, 35-0 pounding on California. It looks like those two teams are going to be headed to a Pac-12 championship showdown at the end of the season. And 
there's still a possibility they could each have one loss at the end of the year. So that Pac-12 championship game is looking more and more attractive. So if you wrote off the Pac-12 as a college football playoff participant this year, you might want to rethink your stance because they could be heading to the ultimate Pac-12 championship game scenario that they could have envisioned with a couple of one-loss teams potential play-in spot for the playoff but we'll see we'll see still lots of things that happen here but Oregon and Utah still looking pretty good and it was a pretty quiet weekend elsewhere but we saw some good group of five wins by SMU and uh, Appalachian State continues to just take care of business that Appalachian State team pretty darn good you guys pretty darn good team in Appalachian State could they play in the New Year's Six it's beginning to look like a possibility, <laughs> as amazing as that sounds. And here's the thing. Uh, Appalachian State's going to be a top 20 team. There's no question about it. A 30-3 victory against South Alabama. Obviously, South Alabama is not much to write home about, but this Appalachian State team, they're a pretty legitimate threat in that group of five conversation. So a week from now, we're actually a week from Tuesday, we'll get our first batch of the college football playoff rankings for the season. And yes, these rankings do change and start from scratch every week, but it gives us our first glimpse as to how the college football playoff selection committee is evaluating what we have seen to this point in the season. Now, obviously, they'll be taking into consideration an extra week of games with this upcoming weekend before they release their rankings next Tuesday night. Penn State is off this week, so they won't get a chance to add another impression, positive or negative, for the selection committee to evaluate. They will be looking at an 8-0 Penn State team, though, and we'll see what happens this coming weekend. But as far as the expectations for where Penn State could potentially land, I think there's a very strong case that they'll land at number five. But you can also make a case that they deserve to be in the top four if you take into consideration the strength of schedule. Now, this goes back to what I said earlier in this episode. Penn State has top 25 wins against Iowa and Michigan. Both of those two teams are going to be in the top 20 in the major polls when they come out on Sunday. We'll see if that carries over another week, though. As long as Iowa and Michigan remain uh, in the top 20 in the polls, that actually bodes very well because Penn State now has a couple of top 25 victories. So that's more than you can say for a team like Alabama or Ohio State or Clemson or Oklahoma. And I'm not saying here that Penn State is better than any of those teams. But I do think that it bears conversation when you start to look at quality wins. Penn State has them right now. And some of these other teams may not. Now, the other teams may have some statistics that go in their favor ahead of Penn State. Not going to argue that. But in terms of production and quality wins, Penn State's got that argument in their favor right now. That could very well change. Other teams will get their opportunities. But, you know, Penn State's got a couple top 25 wins that a team like Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State don't necessarily have. But there's a lot of stuff that goes into the conversation. And again, there will be another weekend of football to be played this upcoming week before these rankings are released. So there are going to be some opportunities for things to change a little bit. But I think as far as Penn State's concerned, I would not be stunned if they land in the top four when the initial rankings come out. I just don't anticipate. I still think they're going to be number five. I don't think they'll be any lower, though. I really do feel like they're kind of fixed into uh, no less than number five, which puts them on the doorstop. It absolutely does. And they're going to have their opportunities in the month of November. We're going to dive into the whole playoff conversation uh, later on this week as the week goes out, especially coming up in tomorrow's episode. Maybe we'll take a little bit of a deeper look into what to expect a week from uh, tomorrow's episode, because that's when the rankings will come out. So... 
with all that said, it's been a fun episode. We've got a big week for you on tap. Don't worry. Penn State's off, but we're not. And <laughs> we are going to have some conversation every day. Might be bringing in a couple guests. We're trying to squeeze in something here and there. But make sure you stay and subscribe to the podcast in iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, any podcasting app of your desire. We're going to be able to have this podcast for you on a daily basis every Monday through Friday, even during the bye week. You can also follow us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. We'll plenty of conversation for you all week, so make sure you stay tuned and you don't want to miss anything. So tomorrow, uh, we'll dive into the mailbag, so get in your questions by submitting them to us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany, or you can want to send them on Facebook. That's cool, too. We'll check there. And I think tomorrow's episode, we're going to take a look at the upcoming Penn State schedule and see just what challenges lay ahead. We all know about Ohio State. We know that Minnesota is coming up. Let's take a look at some of those other games, too, because Indiana is starting to rise in stock as well. Maybe not so much, Rutgers, but we'll talk about that all in tomorrow's episode. So we'll take a look at the upcoming schedule and take a look at the mailbag. So get in your questions, and we'll have some fun with tomorrow's episode. That's going to do it for me today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast. Have a great Monday. Let's get this week started on the right foot.